Jake, what are you doing? Who are these tiny little people? <laughs> Just you wait and see. Are we recording? Uh, we are recording. Oh yeah. These these are not Warhammer figures. <laughs> Don't give the game away. Oh, no, no. you know that. Oh, no. Cut this. I was hoping that we would have one team over here and then the other team over there, but I like these two kind of fighting in the center. That's a fun concept. And then this one's like blocking. Oh. What are these, by the way? The, these things? Yeah, what game is this from? I don't know, it's your, your people. This is literally yours. Oh, it's mine? Oh, these <laughs> are... These? Jesus. Sorry. These are... Um, these these are D&D pieces. These are... Yeah, to, you know, just be little uh, bad guys and stuff. Oh, I love that. Uh, I'll give the gray side some more so they seem more even. There we go. <laughs> All right, here's a tape measure. Okay. Do you have a couple D6s? Uh, yes. <laughs> the heaviest D6s in the world, we love that. Can we get audio of that thunk real quick? There we go. That's a meaty D6 roll right. for me. And that's also going to be a one. Do we want to use that roll? Oh, I think we're ways off from doing any rolls. Oh, okay. I just need to have them ready. All right. You just need to have them ready. And you have a tape measure. And I realize this is like maybe not great podcast content, but in the grim darkness of the far future, there is no good podcast content. Only war. <laughs> hey there, Harvester Tillers. <laughs> Welcome to another flashlight where we take a deep dive into a different tabletop game system. I'm Production Master Riley. And I'm Dungeon Inspector Jake. This week, we're learning about the venerable minis war game, Warhammer 40k. Let's roll initiative. <laughs> <laughs> With those chunky metal dice. All right, they're gold. They're gold. They're solid gold dice. Yep. <laughs> All right, I, think, I thought it would be cool and, you know, maybe stretching the limits of what we can do in an audio medium. To just try doing one move in um, in the Warhammer 40k system. So we have this whole table set up with some... Okay. Yeah. Before we get started, what is Warhammer 40k, Jake? Uh, I was going to get into that after we tried doing oh. a move in it. <laughs> okay. Oh, my bad. I've, oh, it's totally episode, fine. Yeah. Uh, but... Let's do a move. Sorry? <laughs> what did you say? We're good. We're good. I, I completely missed what you said. I'm sorry, dude. Um, I'm messing with your format and I will stop. Oh no, it's so, totally fine. Yeah. Oh gosh, now I feel like a, a monster. Uh, yeah, Warhammer 40k is a, uh, a minis war game that resol- revolves a lot around the physical placement of units on a board. Uh, and uh, in this case, we are going to try having one of these characters uh, that we've placed uh, use the Psychic Power Smite. Uh, so we... Which one of your guys do you think can do smite? Which one of these looks like they have psychic powers to you? Oh, psychic powers. Yeah. Um, I was going to say this guy could totally smite with an axe. But... I love that concept. Um, yeah. Cool. And, uh, okay, so that one is going to target the closest visible enemy within 18 inches. This is what we need the tape measure for. Is there a visible enemy within 18 inches? Uh, yes. Cool. Do you want to measure that? Yeah, where did the... It's right in front of you. Oh, okay. 
Okay. I, I this six inches away is the closest enemy. I Absolutely, would like to smite him. <laughs> Hell yes! I'm gonna get you to roll me two d sixes. All right. Oh, six. Yes. Oh, that one is cocked on the cables. Four. I got a ten. Awesome. This move has a warp charge value of five. So. You passed that. You have now manifested smite. And uh, this enemy over here, the closest visible enemy, uh, roll me a d6 to see how many mortal wounds they just got. Right. Six. Oh my god, they just got three mortal wounds! <laughs> oh, things aren't looking good for this guy over here with a little griffin on its shield. I don't know if these were really Warhammer pieces. Uh, that's, um, that's how moves work in, in Warhammer. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, we, do you want to try to counter it, or should we talk a little bit about how the game works first? Maybe. Um, let's talk about how the game works. Yeah, sure. Um, this is you know this is Warhammer 40k. It's it's probably the most popular minifig based war game. Uh, after uh, our conversation last week with Sam, I got really excited about the idea of like a bunch of minis on an actual 3D set, and it turns out that Riley has actually played Warhammer 40k before. Yeah. Um, I have played Warhammer Original, not 40K. So it's a fantasy version, and me and my brothers, when we were little, got a couple sets. We had orcs and people. And so with Warhammer, you um, get the minifigs, but you have to glue and assemble them and then take a tiny paintbrush and paint all of them. And they're tiny. They are very tiny. Again, good radio. I I have, it's like, the, the figures are about two inches tall. Right, like so, we we build all of them. Uh, they're extremely expensive and <laughs> very tedious to put together. But like that's honestly like half the fun of the game. We never really played with the actual mechanics. We just build, <laughs> like build figures, paint them like fun, like like uh, use it as an arts project, and then just like have a giant battlefield. And they do look very cool. They do look very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that is my experience with Warhammer, which is not in the mechanical sense. That's valid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think the minis look cool. I don't have the manual dexterity for these like one to sixty scale models, um, personally. But uh, if if I did, I would I would try to put some together. Um. I guess uh, Chris, who we're going to be talking to in a couple weeks, is very into painting minis and is has the manual dexterity for it. Ooh. Yeah, I think you're not so well. Um, but yeah, th- this version Warhammer 40k, which is is, is as you said, is, is not the the real fantasy one. It's kind of set in this like grim, dark, far future. Uh, there's like a massive, sinister human empire, but there's also like skeleton androids and hive minds, and there all are also just orcs and there's chaos gods. Like there's a lot of just fantasy stuff happening. Uh, and like this world has like deep lore. Um, there's literally hundreds of novels, uh, like the, and they all have names like Blood of Sanguinius, <laughs> the Man Flayer, uh, and there's like like so many comic series with names like Damnation Crusade. Um, <laughs> I feel like we could actually do an entire series of flashlights that's just a deep dive into Warhammer 40k lore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think either of us 
knows enough about the game to do so. <laughs> but the uh, the real distinctive part of the game is is the minis, right? As you mentioned, they're like you know a couple inches tall, uh, and then you're playing on a set that's like the size of a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like very literally a tabletop game. Uh, um, you, you measure the distance between everything in inches, um, and then you kind of multiply by 60 to get what that conceptually would be in the real world. Um, ranges are probably a little, like, they're a little bit higher than something like D&D or Pathfinder ranges, but qualitatively, uh, it's happening on about the same scale as those games. But everything is is really built from the ground up to have that visceral, literal, placing minis kind of aspect to it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it <laughs> as you mentioned, it does seem like a, a pretty massive investment to play this game, eh? Yes, it's time and money. They're yeah. expensive minifigs, and none of them are assembled. Like, that's a big part of it. I cannot stress is putting together these tiny little figurines. And then also, depending on, like, your terrain, too, because they have, you can buy terrain or build out sets. It's like a whole, it's a lifestyle. I mean, after seeing the sets that Sam put together, I'm actually sorely tempted to learn how to put together some sets. <laughs> I think I think it's a really cool concept, but yeah. also I have like no, um, you know, artistic abilities or manual dexterity. Oh no! Or yeah, creative vision, any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, playing with the minis uh, is just undeniably fun. It's 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 cool to have something tactile like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I think part of this game, even if you're never going to play it, I think it is cool to look through the basic rules because, like, even if you're literally never going to play it, um, the people who, who, who make Warhammer, which has been around since the late 80s and it's gone through nine or ten revisions since then, um, but, but the people who, who make it have thought seriously about the idea of having big stacks of units out on the board, right? Mm-hmm. And this is something that you know, when you're thinking about most kind of epic fantasy type systems, um, yeah, anything like D&D or Pathfinder or anything like that that has the, the Lord of the Rings DNA, mm-hmm. they're not always great at like big epic battles with like a dozen people in them or with dozens of people in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so a lot of what, but Warhammer's thought that through. And I feel like a lot of the ways they've thought that through, like, uh, you know, your units have to do morale checks when they take damage or people will get scared and run away. Or um, you can have like a character move up on enemies in what's called the heroic intervention, which really kind of speeds up the movement aspect once you've placed everything. Um, you know, battles can have secondary objectives. Like you can partially win if you assassinate the leader of the bad guys or if you do enough magic in the center of the battlefield and, and, and things like that. They feel like they'd be fun to in- import into like a big end game battle, mm-hmm. right? Where you know, in, in your campaign, you want to have that epic scope, um, but you're playing in a system that really is meant for you know a party of five people who are uh, steadily getting more and more power. This is kind of a fun way to incorporate a whole bunch of allies or minions or something. You get what I mean? Yeah. In, in like in a big battle without having to roll initiative for forty five different people. Um, the the um, I've the campaign I'm running right now is likely going to escalate towards a big climactic battle between two very large groups of allies and enemies, and I'm very likely going to be borrowing some of these rules. Ooh, 
Yeah, a D mixed with Warhammer. Yeah, mechanics. yeah, it's a it's a fifth edition D and D campaign. But you know, once we get into that end game, and there's going to be a, a lot of people on the board with a lot of different movement and attack styles, I think borrowing some of these rules is going to help streamline it. Because for the last campaign I ran to completion, um, I just had like 60 people in the initiative <laughs> order because I hadn't really thought through what that meant and that meant a lot of my players sitting there like watching you play a game <laughs> watching me sweat profusely as I tried to figure out how to make it run faster midway through um oh yeah no you're your allies, the Mammoth Herders, they're going to take an attack on the Great Beasts in the North. And the players are like, okay, okay, when's my turn? Uh, <laughs> and, you know, three rounds later, I'm like, I'm just going to take the average for every damage roll. You know, you, and so this seems like a nicer way to simplify things um, and a less, like, a less sweaty outcome. Um, anyway, let's... let's <laughs> To get a sense, like, of what, what things look like beyond that one attack, um, yep. you know, that was a, a psychic ability called Smite, which did a bunch of damage, uh, but there is an ability you can use to deny it called Deny the Witch. And so now I'm going to roll, if you could pass me your incredibly heavy d6, I'm going to roll to see if I can deny that attack that you just did. All right. Um, and I need to roll above a 10, I think. Ooh. Four? Okay, okay, okay. There's a one in six chance. No. I have to roll at least a seven on the second one, which is things are not looking good on a D6. Five. Okay, I completely failed to deny the witch. <laughs> uh, and only, hmm, only one attempt can be made to deny it. So guess my guy is stuck with those three mortal wounds from your attack. Excellent. Oh no! <laughs> um, you know we we we've just talked about smite and 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 uh, the, the ability to deny it, and that's kind of like the default psychic power in this game. But like part of the flavor where there's this grim dark fantasy with just decades of lore uh, <laughs> means that there's a lot of psychic powers in the game that have like very fun and weird and disparate flavor to them. Uh, so, like, on one hand, there's, like, the Eldar, who are kind of, like, fantasy uh, elves, but in space. And their powers have names like Embolden, which buffs allies, and Temporal Weave, which, which freezes enemies in place. And then on the other hand, there's, like, the Orcs, and they just have Orcs in space, which I'm personally <laughs> thrilled with, but, you know, uh, whose, whose casters are called Weird Boys. And they have powers like here we go, which transports orcs across the battlefield, and Gork will get them, which uh, causes a giant green hand of a god named Gork to yeah. manifest somewhere on the battlefield to just squash the enemy. Uh, <laughs> it's very fun. Like there's, I, I feel like in a lot of games, there's a, a temptation to have in the in the canon lore. You know, the different sides be like, well, these are all factions that are fundamentally vying for an understandable thing like power. And in this game, it's it's not that. There's uh, not a lot of subtlety. These these factions have very different vibes, and it's fun and honestly kind of campy. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think that that's maybe another aspect that would be fun to incorporate into your home game. Like, just yeah. embrace the idea that empires can be wildly different in tone in the same game yeah i liked i really like the idea of um like in campaign big battles or having battles be switching over from um D, &D role play 
then going onto a tabletop and it turns into like generals commanding troops yeah yeah that would be a fun concept to incorporate into a campaign like 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 you were saying is like are your are your players in your campaign going to be on the battlefield that you will have a more economical way to manage like 90 opponents <laughs> than having 90 initiative roles for the enemies right ideally yeah. at the very least the 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 large mobs yeah large mobs i was thinking if the players could control their own large mobs i think that would be a very cool way to do it i think in in dimension 20 in the season of crown of candy they actually do uh, (laughs) it's uh candy game of thrones yeah where all the people are candy um (laughs) or all the people are food i guess in general they um they do something like this actually where you know, the player characters all have these, like, incredible powers, but then they also have troops that are loyal to them that they get to move around. And this seems like a pretty good rule set to do that with. Yeah. And thank you for letting us use these minis. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Even if these are not official Warhammer minis, um, you know, I feel like these would be good if we ever want to try implementing something like that in a home game. Yeah. Well... We'll link to the um, we'll link to the basic rules, I guess, for Warhammer in the show notes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And that's it for this week. I've been Jake behind the mic. I'm production master Riley. And you don't need to make your players roll dice to remember basic facts about the world their PCs live in. <laughs> uh, do you run your own home game? Tell us about a cool homebrew, and we might feature it in an upcoming episode. Give us a call and tell us about it at 724-320-2020. Join us next week when we chat with Jake. No relation. About running a long (laughs) campaign with friends spread across cities and time zones. For more on the show, including links to all our social media, visit foldedfrequencies.com slash campaign spotlight.